Good morning. Well, you guys got quiet fast. Yeah, that's all right. I take it. I'm thankful to have you guys here today. Um, we have a full room today, which is awesome. I'm sure it's because I'm such a great um, setup speaker here because I bugged the fire out of all of you on email. So thanks for, uh, for uh, making it in this morning. Um, how many people showed up last Friday here? You don't have to raise your hand, but I heard that there were a few of you that showed up. I kind of did a little bait and switch thing. I told you it was September 9th, and then I sent you an email that said it was September 16th. So I was glad that uh, not everybody caught on to that and uh, showed up last Friday. So uh, thanks for bearing that out with me. I had a conference I had to go to, and I did not want to miss uh, this, this time with you guys this morning. So very thankful. I want to acknowledge a couple people here, a couple groups here this morning that we're really thankful to have. Um, we have some LCS uh, seniors here. If you're an LCS senior, raise your hand for me so I can, we can acknowledge you guys. So really glad to have you guys here this morning. Especially on the day of an of a opening game. So really glad to have you guys here. I know it's a dedication for you to be here. Not that you hadn't been up a lot earlier than this all summer, right? Doing things a lot uh, harder than what you're doing here this morning. But we're glad that, really glad to have you today. I'm thankful for um, all of you guys who are here today, and especially, I know we have a lot of new faces in here this morning, so really thankful, and we hope that you'll come back uh, to men's breakfast here. Uh, this morning, I am thrilled to welcome our speaker, uh, Coach Darren Melton. Darren is beginning his 15th year at Lincoln, where he is the head football coach and also the athletic director, uh, and this morning, you'll find out why he's been here for those 15 years when you hear him speak. Uh, he's been a football coach for 27 years, coaching at Crescent, Metro, Broken Arrow, Owasso, Jinx. He's pretty much been all over town, and we're really glad to have him here on our campus for the last 15. Uh, Darren, Darren is married to Terry, who, if you have met, is a hoot. She's an awful fun person to hang out with. Uh, we've served together several times at Christmas Train, and, and we always have a good time. She's also the counselor here at LCS, so probably does a little bit of counseling for Darren as well. Uh, there are many uh, things that I'm grateful for with Darren. First of all, that we share a love for travel and island travel. So typically when I'm out somewhere, there's usually texts that are exchanged about what I'm finding there. Uh, and he has a huge affinity for tennis, which he may have one time visited Wimbledon. Uh, that's a rumor, but it may be true. Um, over the past six years, this is one of the greatest things about, about Coach Mountain is that uh, you can find him, if you walk down the hallway here at Church of the Move, you can find him in uh, the baby room uh, rocking babies in there on Saturday night. So he's done that for, the, he and Terry have done that for the last six years. So, you know, uh, there, there's, there's something to be said about a guy who can uh, take somebody down at the same time, hug, uh, hug and, and rock a baby to sleep. So we're really thankful for uh, that about him. And how could you not love a guy like that, right? Uh, but anyway, without further ado, I want to welcome Coach Darren Melton. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate it. I am uh, very humbled to be here today. Um, been to a few of these, and um, I've seen the lineup. Dusty Otis walked to Motors yesterday and went down the uh, lineup of who's spoken at these things. Not holy cow! I, um, I don't know why I'm there, and and uh, I'm way down the list here as far as people that um, are very are very. Uh, capable of being up here, but I certainly thank Johnny for having the opportunity to, uh, to speak. Um, I don't want to bore you with a lot of things, but I want to, I want to give you a, a little bit, of, a little bio uh, of my life. Um, I'll say this just to kick it off. Uh, I'm flawed. I'm very flawed. Um, I've been flawed since I, I was a very, very young kid, and um, 
we'll go there later on, but for the grace of God, uh, I'm here today. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, I get to do what I do. Um, by the grace of God, um, I've been uh, plucked. I don't know why, but I've been plucked um, out, of, uh, out of a lot of different things um, to get to do one of the, the greatest things that I could ever possibly get to do. Now, I want to back up. It sounds like maybe I came out of a, a rough situation. Uh, maybe that uh, I came out of uh, a bad home. I didn't. Uh, I was born into a wonderful Christian home. I, uh, I don't remember a time when uh, Jesus wasn't mentioned in our house, when, when Father God wasn't mentioned in our house, uh, when we didn't go to church, uh, when the doors were open, Vernon had us there. And that's just the way it was. Um, there was a way that we did things. Uh, Dad was black and white, still is, still kicking, 78 years old. It's either right or it's wrong. There is no in-between. And uh, he's old school. Uh, if you want to be on the right side, you're supposed to be on the right side. If you want to step over to the wrong side, you may get beat. And uh, that, that was it. And, and so I was blessed. I had parents that loved me. Um, the funny thing about me, about my, my upbringing was I had this notion. I, had, I don't know where I got this. But I thought since mom and dad were saved, I thought since mom and dad were good people, I figured just since they were, I'm going to heaven too. I thought about that a lot. I thought about heaven. I thought about hell. I thought about all those different things as a kid. I thought a lot. Um, I thought about all those things that would be happening maybe later in life and in the afterlife. All those, and I thought, well, hey, mom and dad are in. I'm in. And... Um, my, my faith was not my own. It was mom and dad's. And I came to a crossroads at the age, I don't know, I think I was 21 years old. I wish I could remember dates like Pastor George. He can remember the day he got saved. He can remember all the crossroad dates. I don't know what dates they were. I just know they happened. All right, you know, so, so anyway, you know, I grew up, here's, here's how I grew up. I grew up in the most nurturing, safe, I mean, Here's, here's my week. My weeks were awesome. My, my, this, I lived week to week. Um, Monday was, was a hell day because I had to go to school. That's hell day. You had to get up and I had to go to school, all right? But as I got closer to the weekend, I knew some things were coming. I knew Adair football was coming. And when I was a little kid, I knew that was coming. I knew OU football was coming. I, even before that, though, I knew Scooby-Doo was going to be on at, a, at about 10 o'clock in the morning. So it was great stuff. We had a battery of things we, we watched in the morning. We didn't watch a lot of TV, but Dad, Saturday morning, said, okay, we can do that. OU was coming on in the afternoon. The Steelers were going to come on either on Saturday or Sunday at some point or on Monday night. And so that, that, it, was, it was a great upbringing. Mom and Dad were awesome. They, they nurtured us. I felt safe. I just, I just talked, we were just talking a little bit about, about my dad. And my dad is a, a glass half full guy. And everything was always going to be okay. He was a tough guy. He's about this tall. But he was a tough guy. My grandpa was about this tall. So you can see I'm the tall guy in the family. Um, you know, I went to high school. When I was in high school, I graduated. Um, I was 5'8", 
and I was 138 pounds the day I graduated. The great news is I've shrunk an inch and I've gained 50 pounds since then. So, you know, if there's hope for you if you're still young. There, there's hope. Uh, but but dad, was, dad was a protector, and everything was always going to be okay. And he's still that way today. In fact, he just went through a little episode of some things, health things this week. You would have never known it. You walked in. You want to know how I was doing. What's going on at the ball game this week? How are the kids doing? Talking about the football guys. He asked about, my, he asked about the grandkids later. He wants to know how the football guys were, were doing. How are the football guys doing? Are they ready to play? What's their frame? So he, he's a positive guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a home that's it's, it's awesome. Nothing's perfect, but it was pretty close. It was pretty close. The only problem was, was it wasn't perfect inside of here for me. And it was no one's fault. It wasn't mom and dad's fault. I don't, I don't know whose fault, but I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid to fail. I was afraid to be around people. You guys only knew how terrified I was right now to be looking at all of you guys. Um, you all leave me because you want to help me out. I'm not great around people. I never have been. So when I was a child, everything on the outside looked really, really good. When you looked at our house, it looked really, really good. For the most part, it was. But when you looked inside this house, if anyone would have taken the time, and not many people did, we lived back, and I lived back in the old days, in the 70s, where you just make your way. That's just what you do. Nobody cares. We didn't talk about how are you feeling today. What do you feel? Tell me what you see in this picture. Is it a butterfly? <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have that kind of stuff. Nobody cared. Hey, shut up, kid. Get out of my way. All right? But... I was flawed. I was afraid of my own shadow. And I had no direction. So I, I went through school. I went through high school. I didn't, I didn't make very good grades. I didn't make bad grades. Dad would have beat me, but I didn't make great grades. I could have been a straight-A student. I wasn't. I wasn't an overachiever. I was an underachiever. I absolutely loved athletics. I, absolutely, I was the worst athlete on this side of the Pecos, all right? I was, I was not a good athlete. Um, but I loved the thought of it. When I was a little bitty guy, um, and, I, know, and I, I talk to our guys about this all the time, the influence that the athletes had on me was, was amazing. We had a guy named Sean Stites, Adair, Oklahoma, 1977. Stud running back. He, I acted, whatever he did, I did. If he wore a sock cap, I wore a sock cap. He walked pigeon-toed. I made myself walk pigeon-toed, although I'm duck-footed. That's why my knees hurt now. Um, the way he talked, I wanted to talk. Whenever he came to our classroom to sell, they used to sell chances on game balls. And whenever he would come to our classroom, it might as well have been an NFL football player there. It was no different to me. I just saw that that was Sean Stites, and I knew that night he was going to go out and play, and he was probably going to rush for about uh, two bills and catch, uh, you know, our three passes that we threw that night, um, you know, and, and he was going to be the star. So I would, 
We played football in the yard all the time. My brother absolutely hated it. When I was a little guy, I loved athletics. Here I'm doing what I'm doing. When he was a little kid, he loved to play cops and robbers and army and all that. Now he is a, police, or is a retired police officer. So we kind of followed what we loved to do as little kids. But we'd be out playing. I would drag him out in the yard, and I would make, he would make me promise that I wouldn't hit him or tackle him or anything like that. So I uh, probably like the Torres boys. Probably one of them talked, you know, the other one in to go out playing football, and one didn't really want to go. The other one did. Hey, come on out. Let's do it. And then I literally would beat him to death when he got out there, and I would have to beg him every time. But, but I would, we would go out there and play, and I knew exactly what time every day Sean drove by. I knew every, every day. And I would go out there and make sure that he saw that I was playing football. I could hear his car coming for a mile. It was jacked up like this, and it was really loud. The old, the old guys are laughing because they know what I'm talking about because you, you jacked your car up, and it's like you're looking at the ground as you're driving. But, but he would drive by, and he would always wave at me, and that might as well have been, that might as well have been Joe Montana or you know, even better than that, Terry Bradshaw or Mean Joe Green. Okay, some of you guys don't know who that is. Those were good football players back in the old days. <laughs> they were good. So I had a great life. And, and inside, I was, uh, I was tortured and I was dying. And um, I had no relationship with God. I, I, was, I was empty. I was, I was flawed. Um, I was living on mom and dad's dime. Um, I graduated school. I went to college. I had no clue when I graduated high school what I wanted to do. None. Zero. No thought. I graduated. I walked across. I shook the hand. I got my diploma. And I had this thought. I really had this thought. What am I going to do now? That was the first time that I'd ever thought that. I didn't think about that. What in the world am I going to do? Mom had gone to NSU. My grandmother was, uh, was a school teacher. I wasn't even thinking about that. But she was a school teacher. My mother was a, was a teacher. They had gone to Northeastern State in Tahlequah. So that's why I went. It wasn't because I thought it was a good school. It wasn't because it was close. It, wasn't, it was because mom went there. So I thought, okay, well, if mom went there, it's probably pretty good. So that's where I went. Went down there my first semester. I tore it up. I had like a 1.37 grade point average. <laughs> and, and, it was, and, it, and it even got better after that. Um, it even got better. Semester two. I had five classes, um, and I had four F's and a D my second semester. I went to college, and I did everything but do what I was supposed to do. It was the first time I'd been away from home. I didn't navigate that. I was not a good kid, guys. I'm just telling you. Everyone thought, everyone talked about that. What graduation night, parties everywhere. I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do any of that. I didn't drink. I didn't drink because I was a great dude. I didn't drink because Vern, Vernon Melton would have found me, and he would have beat me, and I would have died at the age of 18. <laughs> Fact. He didn't care. He did say this all the time. I brought you in, and I can't take you out. And I really believed it the whole time. So, so I go to college. Dad's now, I don't know how far it is from here. It was, it was a little ways away. So there's some distance now. Then I start messing with a few things. Nothing major other than, you know, just, just the normal junk. But um, got down there, complete failure. Complete failure. No plan. No purpose. No passion. No nothing. The next year, my best friend moved down there with me, which that was a complete disaster. 
my best friend. We went through school together. His mom and dad held him back a year when we got into high school. You could do that then uh, so we could play another year of ball. That was an awesome deal. But uh, he ends up coming down the next year, and uh, if possible, the grade point average plummeted even more after he got down there. Um, he leveled me out a little bit. It was more we just went off and did other stuff. We went down and we went to the river and we were we were fishing and floating and and chasing the girls around the campus and they were running, but we were chasing them around, we were chasing them around the campus. So um, no direction. Go through that year. It's over. Um, I woke up one night in the middle of the night in in complete terror. Uh, I've not talked about this very many times. Not many people know this. I woke up. Um, it was the uh, spring of 1984, and I was in complete terror. I didn't know what was wrong. Um, my buddy Brad took me down to the emergency room in Tahlequah. That was quite the experience, but we went down there. Um, I just knew I couldn't breathe. Um, my heart was racing. I, I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, they basically told me there's nothing wrong with you. And they were right. There was. There was nothing wrong with me. Um, I didn't know what was going on for quite a long time until I finally figured out that there had been a crossroads thrown down in my life. All my friends were starting to have purpose, and they knew where they were going. The buddies that I kept in contact with, some went to Oklahoma State, some went to Oklahoma, some went out of state. Um, we didn't have cell phones, so every now and then we'd talk on the phone or we'd all go home and, and uh, I would see them there. Some of them went to NEO in Miami. That was a big deal then. Um, but they all had a plan. They were all starting to go, I'm, I'm majoring in this. I've got a, I'm getting a job here. I'm getting married. I had nothing. Um, Brad, my best friend, was get, leaving for the Marines. Um, I had nowhere to go. I couldn't stay at Northeastern. Uh, Vernon, Vernon said, uh, hey, buddy, the ride's over. You're coming home. Done deal. Um, no more money going to be spent down there. Mine, uh, you get back here. So I went back, and, I, and I, I got two jobs. I went to work for my dad, which was one of the best things I could have ever done, and it was one of the worst things I could have ever done. I also went, I started running a gym at that time. Um, is that we? I was just talking to Cody Wilson about a little bit ago, and Curtis about that time between 18, and I did gain quite a bit of weight. I got in the weight room and and uh, figured out that you know I wanted to you know to get in shape and become fit and all that sort of thing. And so I went back and got a couple of jobs, and uh, went to dad. Dad, dad had a couple of businesses then. He had moved them back to Adair, and so I, I'm going to work for dad. And in my mind, I was going to get. I'm going to go take over the family business. That's what I'm going to do. Dad had other plans. No, I wasn't. I got back there. I show up the first day. I said, hey, Dad, all right, what, where's my desk? Where do you want me to be? And he said, son, there's no desk. You're going out there. And that was Dad at a steel company. And there's, a, there's the office, and then there's the steel yard, all right? And that's where I went. He said, your office is right out there. And that big dude out there that's 6'5", 305, that's your boss. And he did not like me because I was the boss's son. He hated my flipping guts. And so his life, I think dad, I never asked him, but I think dad really kind of orchestrated all this. I think he said, make his life hell. He did. He hated my guts. 
I never really had to deal with getting up early and going to bed. But, but any grunt job there was, I got to do it. Um, I got there, he, he would get me there at just unbelievable hours. I didn't know you're supposed to work before the sun came up. I didn't know that. Um, so we would get there and he would leave and go home, but he would leave me things to do and he would tell me what time I could leave. And a lot of days, there were a lot of days that it was after midnight. I couldn't even believe it. I mean, I was there 18 hours a day. So I go through that and I, I figured this out. Man, I really don't think I want to take over the family business. This, this is not for me. This is not for me. I wish I could tell you the day that it all all click for me. I don't remember the day. I remember the time frame. God plucked me out of a mess. I was a little guy that was from a great family that was dying on the inside that had no relationship with Jesus. I had no purpose. I had no plan for my life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no, no clue. I didn't know. At that time, I was 21 years old, going to 22, closer to 22, and I did not know what I was going to do. I wish I could tell you the day that I thought I would love to be an educator. I would love to tell you the day I would, that I knew that I'd love to be a football coach. Let me back up. A basketball coach, not a football coach, a basketball coach. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a basketball coach. I, I don't know what day that was, but I was not smart enough to discern all that. Guys, God literally, he, took, he came over and he picked me up and he said, You're stupid but I love you. I adore you. And he moved me over here in this other lane and he put me in it. And all I know is I started moving forward. There was a passion in me. There was a, a, a purpose. I knew what I wanted to do and I knew, where, I didn't know how I was going to get there yet, but I knew where I wanted to go. So I did. I finished school. I went through, I went back. I went back to the same school um, I did not move down there. I commuted back and forth. Grades turned around um, because I loved it. It was a passion, not because I was smart, because I worked at it. Um, mostly A's when I went back. Not that that was my goal, but it's what happened. I absolutely loved it because I was going to become a math teacher. And I wanted to know more of my students did, so I figured it's probably a pretty good idea. Probably I'll learn the math. All right. And I wanted to be a coach. I went through and, and, and I finished that. I went back and I interned in Ader, Oklahoma with, with Russell Cruz at that time um, with several guys. It, it, was, it was an awesome time. And I got out there and I knew. I knew that I knew that I was doing the thing that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I knew that I knew that I was doing the thing that God wanted me to do. Now, just before that, just before that time that I went back to school, I was done. I had nowhere to turn. I couldn't turn to dad. I couldn't turn to mom. In fact, I don't think dad would let me turn to him. I think he was, he just, hey. I think dad is, hey, God, he's yours. He's yours. I've trained him up in the way he should go. I know he's going to be back. He's yours. And it worked. 
and I turned my life over. I didn't know where to go. I turned my life. I said, God, I did. For the first time audibly, I talked to God. I talked to him. I said, I don't know what I'm, God, I don't, I didn't know, what, I didn't know how to talk to him. I just said, I just like this. I did. I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't have any purpose. My friends are all gone. I don't feel like I don't have any hope. I wasn't thinking about killing myself or anything like that. It wasn't like that. But I didn't have any hope. And as I look back, he literally picked me up because he adored me. He picked me up and he moved me over to where I needed to be. So I moved from there. And I don't want to go through what's happened through the whole career, but I'll, a quick rundown is this. I go to a little test. I applied three places. Creston, Oklahoma, which most of you don't even know where that's at. Central Oklahoma, north of Edmond, 25 miles. Fairfax, Oklahoma, which at that time had a really good football program. That's all I knew. I had gone to eight year and interned there, and I just absolutely loved the football experience that I'd had there. And I think I applied to it prior to Oklahoma because it was, I, knew, I knew people there. I knew Dr. Burdick. Uh, that was the superintendent at that time, and it was just a comfortable uh, application to fill out, and you know, because of the people I know. So that's what I did. I went there, and I got a call. So in Ada, we'd have cell phones. I don't remember the date, 1989. It was April of 1989. I'm tooling around town. Um, someone from the bank in Ada comes and runs me down and says, Jack Dryden, the superintendent of Ada, is looking for you. You have a phone call. That's how things worked in 1989. Uh, we didn't have any cell phones. So I got run down from some guy at the bank. All right. I go find Mr. Dryden. He said, I got a number for you. This is Superintendent Crest in Oklahoma. You need to call him. I did. I went down there. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. I didn't even know. Till, I didn't even know then. Most unbelievable. I, I went down. I killed the interview, I thought. I killed the interview. Went in with Mr. Rayburn, which was a lot like my dad, which was a good thing. Um, and then with Mr. Boren went in there. I can, now, as I think back, they just needed to hire somebody. I said, yeah, let's just take him. Uh, good enough. Um, it, it was in April. I got the job, um, went through some things that summer, got prepared, was getting ready to move. My grandfather passed away, which I was real close to, kind of one of those moments in your life. It's, it's really tough. He passes away. I go to the funeral. Next day, I show up to passing league. We actually hosted a league at Crescent, and I walked out there, and I was just trying to find my team. I didn't even know. I was just going to meet the co- all this stuff. I had no clue. Meet the coach. I walked out. This is the team. He introduced me to a few guys, and I stand there. I didn't even know. I didn't know what to tell him. I wasn't even coaching at that point. I'm just there. Hey, he's going to be your coach. Kids say that. Great. Nice to meet you. And then they go on, and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. Or This is unbelievable. I, I was, it was just athletes everywhere. I couldn't believe it. First year, we go 12-1, and one, our quarterback snaps his ACL, trying to block a punter. We had won the state championship that year. We lose him. He was, a, he, was a, he was a freak of nature. And we lost him. We end up 12-1. and one. We're number one. We beat, we stopped Sealing's uh, 26, Sealing, Oklahoma. There's one for you. That's 26-game winning streak at our place. Unbelievable game. I've been part of so many great games. It's been unbelievable. God has blessed me. But we, we snapped that streak. We go 12-1. and one. Next year, um, I become the defensive coordinator. I, I, I have since apologized to those kids for what I did to them that year. I apologized because it, I, I, I had no clue. So we win the state championship. Man, this is easy. We win the state title that year. We, we marched through 15. No, we marched through it. It's easy. Stayed one more year. We're 38-2 and two there over three years because we had great athletes. Get to, go and get to know a guy named David Fisher. Go to Metro Christian Academy. I'm there for two years as an assistant. End up being the head coach there for a year. Rick Jones... 
um, Rick Jones, which is now Greenwood High School, was the coach at Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, where I met the Torres boys and got to to watch them uh, tear people limb from limb for a couple for a year. But but um, work for him and learn who I am today as a coach. Rick Jones, that's the guy where I learned what I what I what I what I do now. Um, was there for a year, became the defensive coordinator after that at David Fisher, the guy that worked for at Metro, became the head coach at Owasso High School. I went there, became the defensive coordinator, and then I'm at a clinic one day, and uh, Alan Tremble walked up and said, hey, Darren, what are you doing next year? I said, I guess I'm coaching. I guess I'm coaching at Owasso. And um, he said, would you like to come interview for our job? Uh, Matt, Matt Hennessy had left and taken a job in Dodge City, and he said, and, and it was an awesome thing because they'd beaten us 70 to 11 that year. So my defensive prowess was really kind of getting around green country. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so I go, I interview. I interview with Coach Trimble. I get the job. We go over there um, and um, win, win four state titles in a row. Um, and it wasn't because I was there. We had unbelievable athletes. Um, win four state titles in a row. And and, and and want to wrap this up fairly quickly as far as this part of it, but get restless in 2001, and I didn't know why. I was having a ball. It was unbelievable. I'm standing in the secondary talking. I'm, we're, out, we're like on team defense, and I'm standing there in the secondary, and there's Bob Stoops standing right there, and, you know, Sonny Lubick standing right there from Colorado State, and I could go down the list of guys. It was just a who's who standing out there watching our players. It was, I, I was like, am I dreaming? Is it, this is unbelievable. Asking me what we're doing on defense. I didn't even want to tell them. I was embarrassed, you know. <laughs> well, uh, so I, you know, I, I had great, so I, there was some great coach talk. I mean, I, I went to a lot of clinics. Training and I, we went, when we were, we trained and I coached together at Broken Arrow. And, and so we, we, we studied the game. We chased people around. We were, we were ridiculous. We would just go and we would call people. Can we come talk to you about the game? Can we ask you, Ron Lancaster? Can we come talk? Yes, you can. And we did. And we would go. We would go and we would research this. But I got restless. I don't know why. I didn't know why at the time. And it was God tapping on my shoulder. My boys went to school here. It was 1997. The school had opened, or since excuse me, since 1997, the, the doors opened. They were going to school here. 2001. Uh, we finished that season. It's actually the spring of 2002. And through a series of events, I got to meet Pastor George briefly. And uh, Pat Foster was here, one of my friends from college. And uh, I just was afraid to tell him. I really felt like I was supposed to be at Lincoln Christian School, which was absolutely ludicrous. I was getting ready to leave arguably the best program in America to come to Lincoln Christian School, which had no football program other than a, few, a JV schedule that they played that year. So I come over, and, and um, Pat started talking to the principal, Steve Moore, at that time, said, hey, Darren, is it like to talk? Um, through a series of events, I did come to Lincoln Christian School from Jinx America. I was afraid to tell Terry before that. I thought she would think I'd absolutely lost my mind. We're driving past out here. I'd accepted the job. I did tell her. I said, hey, hon, I said, I really think I'm supposed to be at Lincoln. I said, I caught her one day. I built up my courage, and I said, I, I, think, I, I thought she would think I'd have completely lost it. Um, and she said, you know, I have been afraid to tell you I've had the same exact thoughts. She said, I've been afraid to tell you. We're driving past out here one day. Trandy called and said, what in the world are you doing? 
Tranny Birch, our hallowed school leader over here, with a great encourager. <laughs> what are you doing? I had so many guys call and ask me that. I said, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. I just know I'm supposed to be there. We're driving past Lincoln. We're actually going to Bransville, Missouri. We're driving past Lincoln. We're out here. I can look over and see the school. We're on, and Don King's on the radio and said, in, in, a, in a just what in the world are you doing voice, um, Darren Melton is leaving Jinx and going to uh, Lincoln Christian School. He didn't know what it was, and he didn't even know where it was. And uh, Don was our play-by-play guy, and he had a show on, and I just happened to have it flipped on. We were just listening to the radio going down, and it was funny. But God knew what he was doing. Uh, that, that restlessness was God saying, hey, it's time for you to get away from that. You didn't go through Crescent winning there and Metro and winning there and Broken Arrow and learning from one of the greatest coaches in the history of Oklahoma there and winning there and going from to Owasso and calling the defense in the 6A realm for a couple of years and learning so much and getting our brains beat in and then going to Jinx and operating um, in one of the best programs um, as far as football goes in America uh, under Alan Trimble. I was going to flash his record up here. I didn't have anywhere to flash it. And I was going to lead off with that and say 227 and 227 wins and 35 losses. Man, how awesome is that? Alan Trimble. I was, was going to kind of let you believe it was my record, but it's not. I don't even know what mine is. But I got to work there. But that was all in preparation for right now. It was all in preparation for 2002 through 2016 through the present. Every bit of all of those experiences, all of those things that I got to do were for right now. Really quickly, some things that I jotted down that, that, I've, that I've gleaned over the years. There have been so many. Um, and I do want to say this. Um, Proverbs 18.16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Football's my gift. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not. I'm not. But it's what I love. It's my passion. I love to do it. And it's a means. I don't, I used to coach to win. I coach now to win these guys. That's what I do. I coach, I want them, listen, they're going to play football for another year or two. And then they're going to go be great dads. They're going to go be husbands. They're going to go be employees. They're going to go be friends. And I care a lot more about that. I care a whole lot more. And they're here. Brad DeBell right there. I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. Kent Warren right there. Cole Warren. I'm in love with him because I see what's, what's going on in their lives. And I'm so much more proud of that. And they did great things on the football field. Great things. Incredible things. But there's so much more than that. Cody Wilson. Cody Wilson. I'm, and the Torres boys are my heroes. These guys are unbelievable. I'm honored to even be around them. And I got to be on a staff where they were playing football. But I got to be before great men, Rick Jones, Ron Lancaster, David Fisher, Lyle Trimble, Steve Richards at Crescent, four state titles. And, yes, the best offensive line coach. I've got a great one right now. And if Jerry's here somewhere, he's probably not. But if he is, I'm sorry. But the best offensive line coach I've ever known, and I know some good ones, guys, sitting right there, Tranny Birch. All right, the best. Your school leader here is the best offensive line coach I've ever met. Okay, and I've met college guys. I've met, I've just been around some really good ones. Um, I've been around NFL guys. John Levera, Bills. Wade Phillips, Bills. Don't know where he's at now, but Broncos, I believe, defensive coordinator. 
those are guys I learned for. There's hope, guys. I am absolutely a nobody. I'm a football coach. Nothing more. I'm nothing less. Several things. I'll wind this down. Find your purpose. God will show you. Find your purpose. When you find your purpose, you will move the masses. You will affect. This life is about other people, guys. It's not about me. It's about you. This is from my eyes. My life is not about, it's about you. It's not about me. We know that all things work together for God, for, for good to those who love God, to those who, call, who are called according to his purpose. Not mine, his purpose. His purpose for my life was to do what I'm doing now. This life's about other people. I had no purpose. I was lost. But when I found it, passion was flowing out of my, the top of my head. It was flowing. And I got to help affect people. You can't be whatever you want to be. That's false. It's a lie. But it's better. I wanted to play for the Steelers. I did. When I was a little kid, I was convinced. I talked to Barry Switzer. I did. He told me, he said, do you want to come to play at OU? I said, yeah. I was like in the sixth grade. He was over picking lettuce out of some salad bar. And he said, hey, I went over there. And he, I, I thought I was going to OU. Look at this body. This is an OU body, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I want to play for the Steelers. No, you can't do whatever you wanted to do. But man, I'm telling you, I got to do something better than that. God had something so much better. This is so much better. What I get to do, I don't even go to work. I get a check. I really, I almost, there's some weeks I really feel think I need to go give it back to pastor. Are you sure you want to do this? And I'm not kidding. It'll be better. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. It'll be better than you ever thought. Guaranteed. Follow God. Follow, God. Follow Jesus. It's better. Don't fear failure. Fail, and the next time, fail better. Don't be afraid to screw up. You will screw up. I do it every day. I'm one of the best. I'll be in the screw-up Hall of Fame. I'm a shoe-in. I hope they give rings. <laughs> the righteous may fall seven times, but he will rise again. Seven times. That's just, it's more than that, guys. That's seven will be for me today, all right? Feel better next time. Success is not a straight line. This is the line to success. No, the line to success is this. There's the line of success. You're going to screw up. You're going to fail. You will. Trouble is coming. It's just a matter of time. November 5th, 2009, week 10, we're undefeated. I'll wind this up. I know, Johnny, we need to get this done. I'll wind it up quick. We get a call. I'm making out my game plan. Getting ready to get, we're getting ready to go play. No water. We get a call. You guys need to get to the hospital right now. Terry can get her purse, you bring her. We were told my wife had cancer that day. I, I had to fall back to my training. The only training I had was what pastor had told us. That's it. And me reading my Bible, that was it. It's the first time, but here's what I learned, guys. I made the promise to God, listen, if, 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 if Terry, whatever happens here, I believe you. Whatever, if, if, if Terry dies, if she lives, I believe you. 
it's the first time I ever cried out to God, really cried out to God in my car. I would go home and I would leave her. I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know what to pray for. I just cried out to him. And man, he listened. He listened. What did I get out of all that? I learned that I'm going to stay on God's side no matter what happens. That's what I learned. I'm going to him with anything. That's what I learned from the whole thing. God cares about what you want, no matter how petty you might think it is. Here was my goal to be a football coach. Here it is. This was it. This will be the pinnacle, God. If we can get to the quarterfinals, the quarterfinals, one year, it's going to have been a good career. Man, he blew that out of the water. But that's not what it's all about. Yeah, I've been a part of some championship teams, so what? We've won a lot of games, so what? There's some rings in there. I don't know where. Dad's got them somewhere. I don't know where they're at. I'm sure he's got them locked away somewhere in a bunker underneath his house. That's where everything else is. But my trophies are sitting in this crowd. My rings are in this crowd. They're over there. They're right here. They're right there in here. They're all around the room. Those are what matter. Those are my rings. Those are what I'm proud of. That's what I get to do. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the opportunity to do what I get to do. Johnny, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you got one thing out of it. Go out and affect someone's life. Go out and change someone's life. Go out and find someone today and make a difference in their life. You may say five words to them. Change somebody's life. Everybody here is capable of doing it. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. You know, um, Romans 5.8, I think this is probably one of the things he was really referring to at the beginning is it says... But God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And I think that's part of that plucking up that he was talking about, is that um, God loved us even when we weren't lovable. And so, um, so grateful for that word today. So grateful to have my son in this program, football program, and knowing this is, uh, this is the kind of program um, that is filled with character, and it starts at the top. And so we can be grateful knowing that. You know, one thing I hear a lot being out around town and doing a lot of business around town is that... We hear a lot about Lincoln students and about Lincoln football and about uh, how, our, how our kids respond and what they do and how they do what they do. And I know it starts here. Uh, and sometimes, even more so than what we do at our church, sometimes the best uh, witnesses in our, in our community is our football team and all of, all of our athletes. And so, you know, Darren, being, at, being the athletic director is not just affecting our football team, he's affecting all of our athletics. And so, so many state championships, so many winning, winning things that happened in this last year at Lincoln uh, I'm really proud of our athletes. I'm, I'm proud to have athletes in my own house, and I'm super thankful for Darren Milton. So let's give God glory for that tonight. Let's pray, and we'll get you guys out of here. Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to hear from a, a man, Lord, who knows his position, a man who knows his purpose. And Father, we're thankful that today, as we leave here, Lord, we'll make our purpose sure. We'll know where we're supposed to be, and, and, and Lord, may, maybe we don't know how to get there, but Lord, we know we're connected to you, Lord. And I pray daily we're on our face before you asking what you want of us and what you want us to do best for you. 
Lord, we know in this life there are a lot of things we can do, but Lord, we know the things that matter the most are only the things that matter on the other side. We're thankful for uh, this place. We're thankful for our church and our pastor, and we continue to pray for him and, and thank you for uh, the gift you've given him in this place. As we look on this campus, as we leave this building, Lord, we know a man who was also challenged in his early youth, Lord, and, and you called him out, plucked him out, Lord, to do great things, and Lord, we all get to enjoy the fruit of that, and we're so grateful, so grateful, Lord. Thank you for these guys today. I pray great blessing over them in this week, and Lord, in this weekend, and I pray um, that it will be a ph- phenomenal weekend, and Lord, that you'll bless our Bulldogs tonight as they play. Lord, keep them safe. Help them do their best, Lord. And Lord, more than anything, I think they're a light for you everywhere they walk. In Jesus' name, amen.